So what episode is this? Ooh, I'm gonna check. I think it's 248. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, that that feels right. 248. <laughs> yes, episode 248. <clears throat> episode 248. Serious rap shit podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. Yeah, we about to about to get it in quick and dirty. What's going on, Josh? Um. I'm just sitting here celebrating seven years of podcasting with my best friend. You know what I mean? Hey, seven years. Hey. It's our anniversary. It's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think that we've been doing this for seven years. Three different presidents. Yeah. All of them bad. Yeah. <laughs> we've all we've war despised <laughs> all war criminals, all facilitate genocide. We've yeah. despised every single one of them. In the in the past seven years, we we be we mad consistent if yeah, anything. Absolutely, um, yeah, man. Like I, I've really I've been reflecting recently, like on just different things, like we've done with uh, through the podcast, and um, <clears throat> you know, I've been thinking about uh, like winning Best of Philadelphia and the idea that like. I mean, both me and you grew up in this city, and we have walked into a million places that have had that sign that says, like, Best of Philadelphia in it and shit. Yeah. And, like, it's something that is a legitimate thing here in the city. So, like, to win that a few years ago, I mean, the documentary, the original documentary we worked on, like, so much has grown from this podcast and um, the friends we've been able to make, the connections we've been able to make. It's, it's really... Um, it's really been humbling, and I'm so grateful for everybody who's been, you know, in for this with us along the way. Whether you were a day one or a day, you know, two hundred, like we really, really appreciate you. And seven years, man, like that's something to be really proud of. Yeah, I ain't did shit, you know, my the, this podcast and my relationship, you know, what I'm saying consistently. For seven years, like oh, the only yeah, thing I've had for seven years is my bank account at PFCU, and that's just because hey. like it's a pain in the ass to like start a new <laughs> bank account <laughs> and then like transfer all my direct deposit shit over and and he, you never know you transfer because I've done this shit before. You change bank accounts and you get a new one, and the motherfuckers are hitting you with like crazy fees. I yep. promise this is this is gonna be an ad. <laughs> we just we just riffing, you know this what I'm saying? This isn't an ad for Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. I mean, it's a great credit union in the city of Philadelphia. You should definitely like it. No, I'm kidding. Absolutely. And Philadelphia Federal Credit Union also offers credit building yes. loans that allow you to make an easy monthly payment and build towards your Experian credit report. Like, you know no, 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 no. We, we, we not on that type time. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's been ill, um, thinking, uh, about how, uh, this show has allowed us to grow in like our skills. Like mm-hmm. both of us, I think, um, are way more prominent in like the field of like writing than we Absolutely. were. You know what I'm saying? I know for me doing this show with you every week helps for like my radio stuff and my like NPR stuff that I do. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's ill. It's kind of, um, it's been like a very long 
casual uh like like school or like an yep. internship. You know, well, you know what, what what I really love about it is you know both of us almost died during the seven during years of this. making this podcast. So yeah, there you go. literally. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I love is like essentially this podcast started as an excuse for like me and you to hang out and talk and and you know do shit as we were you know entering our third we were in like our thirties and like life starts to take over and you're doing shit and like you're just busy and you don't get a chance to hang out with your friends as much so like that it really started out as a chance to like hang out with my best friend and talk the same shit we would talk about anyway right yeah but um one of the beautiful things is like that's what this podcast continues to be like especially now i mean for a few years um it was like something we were like yo let's like we're doing stuff with like the podcast was like, oh, we're going to like just monetize and do this and do that. And yeah, I think what we realized over time was like, that's not exactly what we want to do. It's not in that arena, right? Like we want to like do work in hip hop culture and shit like that, but more in other areas in writing and in, in film and TV and shit. So the podcast essentially just became again, not just became, but became again, a time to hang out with my best friend and talk, especially now as me and you are now in our forties and time is even less yeah, spare. I had a lot less free time. Yeah. In my forties than I did in my early thirties. And yeah, I, you know, I didn't even think of it like that. Uh, but you, uh, bring up, uh, a really important and insightful point. This started out really casual and then we got to a point where it was like, oh, we, we got an iHeart deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. That situation didn't work out because uh, iHeart's terrible. <laughs> um, but then it kind of came back full circle. It was like, okay, this is back to being what casual we, again. Yes. And what we, you know, it was, it, it's, it's now enjoyable to do. I look forward to it every week. Not that I didn't back then, but I do like... I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit and talk to John and like, okay, because me and you don't even, we don't even communicate on social media as much as we used to. Like me and you, we yeah. just, because we do not have time, like we, neither one of us have time to like just bullshit as much. And yeah. so we don't even get to bullshit on social media as much every day. So there's a lot of times when me and you talk, it's, you know, we may have like sent messages and a lot of times the messages is about work or it's about this or it's about that. And so like this podcast is just me and you shooting the shit the same way it was when we started the podcast was just me and you shooting the shit and so it's a cool catch up for the week like you know what i mean and find out what's going on and and we talk and um i i think like i do think like people who you know the listeners do enjoy us like talking about our lives and what's happening in our lives and um sharing our experiences um I, i you know i I've probably mentioned this before. We've gotten several like messages and emails and stuff about like people who like really rely on this podcast because they don't get to see their friends as much. Don't get to talk to their friends as much. So like they get to listen to us talk and bullshit with each other. And it feels like they're, you know, in a room with their friends. And that's, that's a really great feeling because that that's what we want it to come across as. Yeah. Camaraderie. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, And on that note, um, the the oh, excuse me, not this Thursday. Next Thursday, November 9th, we have a live show at Forty Eight Record Bar 
Um, we will be discuss first live show in a while. Um, mad long. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we will be discussing thirty years of thirty of the thirty six chambers, the Wu Tang Clan. Enter the thirty six chambers. Um, we'll be discussing that album. Um, shit around that. Uh, just like the culture at the time, how like massively impactful that album really was and like yeah. the game changer that was how hip-hop has changed in that time um so we'll be talking all about that stuff and uh you can get tickets we'll have tickets i'm assuming in in probably in our uh in the log for this like in the the notes or whatever um but then also you can go to the bios on our social media serious rap shit it's in the bio there you can get tickets for that um it's this Thursday. Um, I don't know the time off the top of my hand. I think it's eight o'clock. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it's going to be a dope night. Um, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to um, bring like a big ass sword and <laughs> um, I'm going to have like the the white uh, stocking joint over my stocking grill drink, with a hoodie yeah. on. I'm bringing like one of the fucking swinging, like the uh, flying guillotines. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, from, yeah. Like the Jizz the album cover. Yeah. And, and whoever's sitting in the front row, I don't know what to tell you. Yes. Like you might get decapitated, man. It's the mystery of chess boxing, bro. Like, what do you want? Might get your head lopped off, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's going to be a super dope night. I think um, people should really come out, check it out. Um, it'll be cool. Uh, we'll ha- we're going to have fun. Uh, we're going to listen to the album, talk about the album. I think there's going to be um, copies of the album there for sale, um, like reissues. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a certified, like, staple hip-hop classic mm-hmm. yeah like one even, of the most impactful rap records ever made like bar none yes you know yes and it being 30 years old also makes me feel really 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 old yeah. bro i i remember the minute that record came yeah out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. it makes yeah, me feel like hella old bro <laughs> like really yeah. really old man that just um, mean you made it you know yeah, definitely. Um, shit, it's a blessing to get old, man. Like, too many of us don't get that way. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a dope event. I definitely think folks should come out and check it out. It'll be fun. Um, we'll be promoting it all over our social medias. Um, I already have it posted, and then, you know, we'll continue to post for the next couple, for the next week or so. Um, so come through. It's going to be a dope event. Um, November 9th at 48 Record Bar. You can check out 48 Record Bar on Instagram. Um, and of course, you can find us at social on social media at Serious Rap Shit. So, like, if you need ticket info, it'll be right there. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to bring up to you, um, I saw recently Jay Z's like been doing a, they've been doing like a bunch of drops. I guess he did a thing for like Good Morning America, um, uh, with Gail. Uh, what's her name? Gail. She's Oprah friend. That's how I remember. Oh, uh, fuck, I can't think of Gail's uh, names. Sidebar, though. I'm going to edit this out. One, two, three. Yeah, I, he, I, I guess he sat down and did like a, a whole interview with like Good Morning America and Good Morning America. And um, one of the questions they asked him about. Uh, which I find is really interesting um, because we've seen so much of it going the other way um, is the, they asked him like, would you ever sell your masters? Oh shit. Yeah. And his response was like, no, because like I went through hell to get them back. Right. 
And he was like, listen, if my kids want to sell them at some point, then that's on them. But like, this is like, you know, this was, you know, this is life's work. Like, you know what I mean? And I think, look, I get it. Uh, You know, I know it was a little way and sold his masters. Right. Um, A lot of people are. Yeah. A lot of people have been selling off their masters, which I get. I just think, man, as an artist, to be able to control your work, and and Jay Z, and he says this in the interview, and he said like, yeah, I'm lucky enough to have made money off of this, so mm-hmm. like I don't have, I'm not in a position where I need to sell my masters just to you know make money. Um, That's the thing. Yes, he's very you know he's very fortunate because of. Um, the, the path he had that he was able to make plenty of money off of music and does not need yeah. um, to sell masters to make money. But man, I, I think about this cause you know, me and you are working on plenty of stuff. Shit. We were just in New York this past weekend working on something. Um, so my, my thing is just like, man, I'm always fearful of giving things away that I create because once you do that, man, they it's not yours anymore yeah and you know and he knows what that feels like yes absolutely absolutely because listen i love jay and i love mercedes but i don't want to see a mercedes video with like can't knock the hustle in it or some shit yeah. like a mercedes commercial <laughs> yeah like there's i get like i get that feeling like when my mom used to be like why are they playing like this Beatles song in like a yeah. commercial? Like, you know Hendrix what I mean? Hendrix is shit. Yeah. 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 Hendrix. That's... That dude, they, his family like <laughs> profited like crazy yeah. off that shit. And you know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but uh, it's like his stepsister that controls it. Yes. I think that's what it is. I think I remember reading yeah. that. It's not even like, you know, a, a blood relative or whatever, but um, this this whole thing about uh, owning masters is uh, is going to be part of the discourse for a while mm-hmm. um, in in coming like in the coming days, months, years. Um, I think because uh, one because a lot of these uh, companies are coming along buying up masters, mm-hmm. but also because of that shit Taylor Swift is is doing. You know, um, for folks who don't know. Uh, Taylor Swift made a bunch of records uh, early in her career that were like mad, you know, uh, successful, obviously. And they refused to sell her back her masters because they're they're valuable. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to break down like uh, this this on like a a legal level, too, as much as I can. Uh, But basically, she's been re-recording her albums whenever you see. I don't know, 1989, Taylor's version. That's the re-recorded version that she owns the master. Ah, okay. I I did hear something about this. I definitely did hear something about this. So she's trying to circumvent, and she's telling her fans. Don't listen to that shit. Yeah, yeah, they're they're dedicated to her. She's telling them like, "Yo, rebuy this record. I know y'all bought it years ago, da da da. But this is the one that I own. It's a re-recorded version." So when you make a song, a song is 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 actually uh, legally two parts. There's publishing and the master recording. Mm-hmm. The actual recording, like if you go in a studio, you know, on October 31st, 
2023 and record a version, that is the master version of mm -hmm. the song. The publishing is just the composition. You wrote it, you made up the words, all of that stuff. So publishing and masters are two separate things. A lot of artists do own their publishing. Mm -hmm. Most artists do not own their masters. because Not a labels do. Yeah, a label uh, in the legal language, when you sign to a label, they say that any master recording produced under this deal is a work for hire. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Work for hire is like, oh, if I hire a nigga to come to my house, and this is how it was explained to me years ago, if I come, if I hire somebody to come to my house and replace my roof, I own the house and the roof. That was a work for hire. They don't like then own the roofer doesn't like owe your roof, roof down. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, which is problematic that labels would frame it like that because mm -hmm. it's a song coming from an artist. They should own it's the a creation roof. as opposed to you like, know what I'm saying. It's not like they came in there and were like, "Oh, I scrubbed the floor." Like they, they now I own the floor. Yeah, like they created a a piece of something, and yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't you wouldn't have that music without that uh, that artist and the producers and and all of that stuff. So, what uh, is happening is that you have a lot of artists who are like, okay, the label won't sell me back my masters, like the ownership of my masters. I'm gonna re-record a new version. So now they own the master and the publishing mm -hmm. and they get to, to do, you know, to, uh, to work it however they want to work it. If it want, they want it in commercials, if they don't want it in commercials or movies or whatever, and they get to, they get to, uh, make more money off of it. That's the thing though. And the reason why, uh, labels and artists are fighting over this shit, the money ain't there or yeah. it ain't being paid out from the streaming shit so you see a lot of motherfuckers are selling their catalogs now because if you think about it if you owned a bunch of songs in the 90s and the early 2000s when it was more profitable to own songs then yeah you could sell it now in the streaming era when they're giving you like you know what what are you gonna take you know let's say an artist is is 50 years old and they're gonna die when they're 70 You'll take $200, 300000000 dollars right now at 50 years old mm -hmm. as opposed to 20 more years of a stream that's like a fraction of a penny. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're cashing out because this streaming shit's not paying. Exactly. And it makes it makes complete sense for certain artists. It absolutely does. I get it. You know, now with streaming, that all changes, man. And like me and you have talked about this several times. I don't... I don't know how they register like number one records anymore. Like, I, like all that shit seems like it seems just as real as money to me. Like it's just a system we've all agreed. Like I guess because it's streamed number one on Spotify, it's a number one record. I guess like yeah. I, I so I just under I do understand it, and I think you'll see this more with artists going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, just simply on the fact that like you you said like. With streaming, there's no money in having your your masters that long. Like for somebody like Jay Z, it is perfectly reasonable. He's well off. He has nothing to worry about. He's married no to reason for him to do it. Yeah, he's married to the most like the one of the most successful uh, women in music ever. 
Like, I mean, literally, he doesn't have to, he never had to sell a record. Like, if he never right. sold another record, that dude would be well off for the rest of his life. He's perfectly fine. Um, he had a Billy, she had a Billy, yeah. probably, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got, it's, yeah, it's, it's different for them. They got, they got plenty, you know, they, Blue leaning on a, a on a Basquiat in the kitchen or something like that, whatever that lyric yeah. was from that song. Like, yeah. you know, that's, like, they're not, like, struggling for bread, and so I completely get it. Um, and I, and I get, I know like there was the whole thing, like, wasn't that one of the big things around the split of Rockefeller where like Jay wanted the masters to reasonable doubt, Mm. which I don't, it's his first album. If anything probably feels like a complete labor of love and like that first album, especially for like somebody like him or Nas or somebody like that, like it's the thing that changed everything for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you want to own it? Yeah, it's the thing that changed everything. Think how different Jay-Z's life is from 27 and dropping Reasonable Doubt to whatever mm-hmm. age he is now. And yeah, if if I can own that piece and just be like this is this is this baby is mine. This is my first baby. Like this is this yeah. is mine. I wrote this. I wrote every lyric on this record, you know, uh, everything except possibly every lyric aside from maybe like the big verses, the sauce and what you call it. But like he wrote the Foxy stuff and I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote the, uh, the coming to age shit for bleak. So like he probably wrote like 95% of every lyric on that record. Like why I would want that. That's, that's my art. That's everything I've poured into my 27 years of my life like poured into one piece of art i want to be able to own that yeah i i think that um it you're gonna see a lot of labels trying to like circumvent Mm -hmm. you know any any kind of like ownership of of masters um it, it was already the case you know what i'm saying like basically like uh for the history of music, you know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers have been like, nah, we need to own that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of their steez. But um, I read something earlier. I can't think of uh, what the article was, but they were talking about how labels are trying to bake that into uh, contracts where you can't you can't even re-record. I was just about to say, I guarantee that's what's gonna start happening. I mean, like they did that with, so like it used to be that you could like sell merch and tour and do all that shit to make your money as an artist. Uh And then once like streaming, well, well, once like uh, downloading happened, like in MP3 files, like labels started going like, oh oh, no, like now we have a 360 deal. So we get a piece of everything that you do. You used to have your own image. You know what I mean? You owned your image. Now labels don't even let you own your own image. Yeah. Like imagine that you show up on a, a in a movie, like in a Marvel movie or something, and fucking Atlantic Records wants <laughs> a piece of that. You know what I'm saying? Or you sell a, a t shirt at a at a, a an arena or some mm-hmm. shit and they want a they little want a slice of, of that. That's that's greed and desperation. They, what's my man Frank White? Like uh, you know, they want to sell a nickel bag in a park. I want in. That's how the, that's how the uh-huh. labels are, bro. They they want in, man. Yeah. They want a piece of everything because, listen, man. In the long run, you know we're the music makers. We're the dreamers of dreams. Creators. That's what we do. We make things. They're 
corporate interests. Like they have, they are dirt is the least creative people in the world. Yeah. All they are is commodity. Like all they can do is trade commodity. And so they treat art like a commodity. And so like they want a piece of it because they don't, they can't, it is literally something that they can never create. It's not something they can make. You know what I mean? And so they, they rely on us. And so creators should be able to control the means. Like that's, the, that's what it should come down to but like you said that's gonna change man they're gonna start making that contract be like yo you can't re-record when yeah. all that shit so <clears throat> and you can sign that shit if you want yeah but you know suppose you take off and you're like yo you know if you if you make because you know most of the records that uh labels sign the shit you know they don't even end up making the, the records don't do anything yeah exactly you know what i mean the successful ones pay for the uh all the other flops that they put out so you might sign a label and you know make like a single or do like a one album and it, it goes nowhere you go off go to fucking law school and become a lawyer mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but you know what if you take off and now these motherfuckers own everything yeah yeah like artists are gonna have to look at that imagine like what was it, it was like mac miller and wiz khalifa were like the big names a few years like a few years ago now like fucking oh god like 12 years ago um yeah, yeah, but like yeah. the big thing was like oh they're like super huge and they're independent artists and da 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 and like you know i'm not shitting on wiz at all not in the least but like it ain't like he's had a million like a string of hits for years afterwards you know yeah. what i mean and so like if he you know what i mean like to make money it may be a situation where he's like shit i, I gotta sell the masters to shit that i completely own because the way to keep making money in this business is not through streaming and like you said a chunk of money at one time sounds better especially as like you know, fucking life expectancy keeps dropping in this country. So, like, oh, <laughs> God damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shit, I, I might not have 50 years of like collecting on this record. Like, you know what I mean? I might have like 25. Like, who the fuck knows? I saw motherfuckers, uh, cause, because I, I, I saw when uh, Bruce Springsteen sold his. Mm, yeah, that's right. He um, did too. Yeah, yeah. Bruce. It's either Bruce or Bob uh, Dylan. I was looking at this. Soul Dares. I'm seeing a bunch of dudes, uh, hip hop fans mostly, uh, who are who are like, "Oh, that's a dumb move. You should never sell your masters. It's a dumb move," because for the last you know 20 years, people have been beating you know the hip hop community mm-hmm. and beating it in our heads. Like, yo, you gotta own your shit. You gotta own your shit. You gotta own it. That makes sense. Them motherfuckers are like 80. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about collecting on shit, and their their kids are fucking yeah, paid. Richard and God, yeah. They don't give a fuck. Like they cashed out already. Exactly. I was saying, I was explaining to somebody. I was like, "Yo, Springsteen was a fucking superstar in the era when superstars got paid." Yeah, exactly. And he had a lengthy run, seventies. All the way through, even in the 90s, Springsteen was on. You look at the cover of like Rolling Stone and shit, half of them covers through the 90s was Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The motherfuckers was doing huge tours throughout the 90s. They cashed out already. Absolutely. They don't need to hold on to a catalog if they don't want to. Nah. And a catalog, that's another thing 
you know, a lot of it is residual income because people are just like listening and they're like streaming this music. A lot of times, though, a catalog has to be worked like you got to uh, go out and get sync deals like licensing deals and shit to make a catalog worth it. If you look at like you you watch uh, like basketball or whatever during the day right now, what are you going to hear between damn near every show or you know what i mean when the commercial break you go here ooh la la ah wee wee run the jewels mm-hmm. whoever's working their catalog they're working their catalog yeah. run the jewels is in every goddamn movie every commercial every trailer is damn near at this point like they make the records for the trailers yeah. you know what i'm saying whoever whatever company controls their catalog is out working yes. that shit yeah, yeah. If you got a catalog and you know you got an eighty-year-old uh, rock star or whoever that, uh, or an estate that doesn't know how to work a catalog or doesn't want to work a catalog, then it ain't worth as much. Nah, as music it, just as sitting there, be. not getting used. You know yeah. what I mean? So them motherfuckers, they probably looking at it like, all right, you know, just sell the shit. Give me, you know, three hundred million mm-hmm. up front. You know, Springsteen probably bought a fucking boat. Or something, <laughs> you know? so I don't fucking know. I bought an island or some shit. Or, or some more studio session to sit down with Barack and like talk about shit. You know what I mean? Do a podcast yeah, together yeah. again. A podcast <laughs> with the fucking president. You think he needs to like own exactly fucking <laughs> own a cat a music catalog? You know, whatever. But I think that's part of it too, is like the hip hop community in particular, because the record industry uh has been so predatory. Heads have been beating it in our head. Yo, own your publisher, own your master. You got to own your shit. You got to own your shit. The rules change as the conditions change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, do you think there's a lot of Bruce Springsteen on Barry's, uh, like in his iTunes collection? You know, that's the thing. Barack Obama, you know, they put out like those the playlists, playlists shit. and yeah, shit. Yeah. People, people say his interns curate the playlists. Yeah. I think honestly... Those playlists are supposed to, uh, they really, in a way, reflect his politics. This kind of, um, how do I want to say, this kind of, like, broad, lowest common Mm -hmm. denominator, like, American populism. Like, I think that's what, his playlists are supposed to be, like, America, you know, populist sentiment. Yeah. So we get, like, a little hip-hop in there. We get a little safe rap you know next to some springsteen next to maybe fucking taylor swift this nigga barack obama not sitting around listening to a lot of that shit you know what i'm saying i for real for real he might sit around in the crib listening to like earth wind and fire or some shit you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know what i look at him like actual thing is mj like mj don't listen to rap like they said he used to listen to like jazz before games and shit like he used to get hype (laughs) off like and like shitty you know, he's listening to, like, shitty 80s jazz, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, he... I don't see... Yeah, I, I don't know. I also, I can't name, like, more than, like, maybe one or two Bruce Springsteen songs anyway. Like, Born in the USA. Born in the USA. What's the uh, one he dancing with the John from Friends? There's that one. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yes, uh, dancing in yeah, the dark. Yeah, yeah. That shit. And then, like, that's a good fucking song. Streets of Philadelphia. I just got Philadelphia today. There you go. <laughs> Listen, yeah, that's crazy. I don't think, and and you know, 
I'm on NPR enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I don't think I think I know very many Bruce Springsteen songs. My mom never liked him. So like there was never like it was a song like his music never got played in my crib or nothing like that. So Dumb. my mom and pop was playing war, <laughs> mandrill. <laughs> And gambling huff in the crib when I was little. We wasn't listen. My mom was playing Teddy Pendergrass when I was a kid. We wasn't playing no motherfucking Bruce. Yeah, Springsteen. like I, I just nah. yeah, I can't, I can't. I like I legit. I'm like sitting here going like, man, that's like the only Bruce Springsteen songs I know for real. I'm blanking, and what's crazy for someone who grew up in a very black cultural milieu and and uh grew up in hip-hop and like like i said my people playing um like gambling huff and all that shit i'm very strong with a lot of like 60s and 70s like white yeah guitar music oh absolutely but but not springsteen (laughs) i don't know no motherfucking springsteen i don't know no uh tom petty you know what i'm saying like a lot of that stuff i just i just don't know i can give you I could give you the Beatles catalog, you mm-hmm. know, rooter to the tutor. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of that stuff, I just, you know, I didn't grow up listening to it. And I had phases in my late teens and throughout my 20s where I was like obsessively listening to, to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Obsessively listening to like the Beach Boys and like Pet Sounds and shit like that. I know that shit through and through. But like Springsteen and like the like Americana rock, a lot of that shit, yeah. I just don't know. I know like I, I know like the the one I know like the the one with the John from Dancing in the Dark. You said that John. I know it from like MTV, like seeing the video. That's the stuff I remember. Is like the streets of Philadelphia when I remember he's walking around. It's like black and white. Like those yeah. are the I don't remember yeah. shit. Like I don't know unless they played those songs on like a uh, on the box or MTV or some shit like that. I just didn't see them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. I think we should uh, get to some new music for the week. Um, did you listen to anything new? Yeah, um, I've been rocking with uh, this album. It's called uh, Flip a Beat Club Philly Volume 1. Um, it's a compilation of like a bunch of different uh, producers just like dropping beats, just crazy shit. And the Flip a Beat Club is a monthly event here in Philly. Uh, but it's really, it's a nationwide event, but they have like a mm-hmm. Philly chapter. And basically... It's ill. Like they have it at uh, Crate Diggers, the record store uh, right off of South Street. And every month they like invite a bunch of producers in, like whoever wants to come in. If you make beats, you come in. They have heads sitting around a table with like their computers and beat machines. And they give you a, a flash drive of samples. And oh, okay. you just you just make some shit. Chop. And it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, because you walk in and. It's a bunch of people, maybe like 20 people around a long fucking picnic uh, <laughs> table just with headphones on silently, silently making yeah, beats. Exactly. <laughs> it's the coolest shit. But uh, they made a compilation of like some of the illest beats and producers that have been made at these sessions. So like, uh, you know, it's, it's just like ill cats on here. Uh, Q no rap name. Is on this joint, uh, VJ Retro. It's just like a lot of um, just like ill producers doing shit. A cat named uh, Killer Kane, who's dope. It's just like you know, I'm into like the beat shit and like the sample yeah, yeah. shit. So this is like right up my alley. But that's that's what I've been rocking too. It's like uh, 
perfect headphone music, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 when you were talking about that, it kind of reminds me of like those silent dance parties where you go and like everybody's got like the headphones on and it just looks yeah, like yeah. madness because everybody's silent listening disco, to different yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, that's dope. Where, uh, where can people find that? It's on Bandcamp. So yeah, on flip, Bandcamp. A, okay. flip a Beat Club Philly Volume 1. You can find it Word. I, I want to check that out. Um, I checked out uh, a new single um, from Rhapsody produced by Hit Boy called Asteroids. Um, Rhapsody is one of the best out. Listen. Like, she's legit a monster on the mic. Um, and I'm a huge Hit Boy fan. Like, I know you sometimes can be hit or miss with him. I, I really like Hit Boy. I think he did the best. Uh, Griselda record, the joint he did with Benny, I mm-hmm. think is fucking flawless. Um, so I, I'm always here for it. I like this. One. It almost kind of sounds um, sonically like it's not like the, it's not as much soul sample type shit that he he does normally. It almost mm-hmm. sounds kind of like, um, uh, like the '80s analog almost type sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's, uh, it's so dope, and she's just a monster on the mic, like, you know. Rhapsody is just a fucking beast, dog. I've and been, so I've if been she, waiting. yeah, if she's got a whole record with Hit Boy, like I'm, I'm there, like yeah. day one. You know and what I, I mean? I think her chemistry with Ninth is incredible. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 But you know, I'm here for her and Hit Boy and seeing what they create together, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of trust in Hit Boy. His music isn't always like it for me as you said but i trust him especially after the run he went on with nas with nas yeah who is notorious for not having like the best beats you know what i mean yeah and like rhapsody don't have that problem no um her production is is always stellar um but i'm with it because i i would like to see like just a different a different energy you know what i mean yes absolutely collaborate with a different producer is gonna uh produce like the different results but yeah I, I fuck with this shit uh rhapsody and hit boy too and i'm like oh okay you know what i mean like i'm i'm yeah. now I'm, now my ear is kind of pricked up and i'm like okay now maybe we gonna get a new rhapsody album so. yeah I, if if we get one before the year's out i hope like i'm really hoping because yeah. that like she's just a monster so like yeah I, i'm asteroids by rhapsody check it out um like definitely definitely it, i think it just dropped either yesterday or today so mm-hmm. it's really recent. So yeah, definitely go check that joint out. Um, yeah. Besides that, we can start wrapping up. Um, check us out again. We have a show coming up November 9th at bar at uh, forty eight record bar. Um, tickets will be in the bio of our social media, seriousrapshit.com. It'll also be in the, the notes for the podcast. Um, <clears throat> you can find uh, John at John underscore liberator on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Indi- Oh no, excuse me. At JL underscore CCM at Instagram and Twitter. I almost fucked it up. It's the first time I almost fucked it up. Mm. Um, and, uh, you can find serious rap shit vivo. If you put that in your search bar on YouTube, whole bunch of new shit going up there. Um, there's always new videos up there and then there's so much back catalog. There's, I think there's over a hundred and some videos we have up there now. It's like a large amount of videos up there. Um, some yeah. shit that's just exclusive to just that Vivo page. So if you're a fan of the podcast, I implore you go check it out. We also thank you again. We're over a million views on that channel, so it's awesome. Uh, we're Appreciate we're like a 
1.2 i think now or something like it's, it's crazy um i'm really mm. really really thankful uh and besides that you can find us uh, i mean you get oh seriousrapshit.com you can get all the merchandise there so we have merch um if you want to check that out besides that we'll see you again soon peace peace me and my friend take this rap shit to you